Sean Ennis. I'm Carly Chardonnay Merlo. You are in the Trans Sporter Room, the special edition. We're doing a Trans Day of Visibility podcast tied to the big news. It's a red alert. Carly, take it away. HB 500, a bill passed in the state legislature of the state of Idaho that would essentially ban transgender girls from competing in high school athletics in that state and HB 509, a bill that would end gender market changes on birth certificates in that state. Both were signed by Governor Brad Little last night. I don't know any more to say after that. I mean, it's it's Trans Day of Visi- International Trans Day of Visibility, and we usher this day at a time when a U.S. state made discrimination legal. And not just illegal. Idaho is now the nation's leader in anti-transgender legislation. It is the most discriminatory state in the country to be transgender. And what really bothers me is, I think he really caught all of us by surprise. We had business leaders. We had LGBT and transgender leaders. We had allies. We had even the ACLU thinking that this governor would not go down in history. He's the most transphobic governor in America. I didn't, I mean, I'm, I'm stunned, Don. More than that, I'm, 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 I'm disappointed. And I think that Republicans in Idaho have no idea the wrath they have unleashed because we will see you in court, Governor Little. This will not go unmatched. There will be court action. There will be boycotts. And I myself will, everywhere I go, if I see the word made in Idaho or from Idaho, you can bet your bottom dollar that my money is not going to support Idaho. You've brought this upon yourself. You could have changed history by standing up to the bigots who fuel the anti-transgender venom in this country, namely the Alliance Defending Freedom, the, the uh, Tony Perkins Family Foundation, all those folks. Yeah, the Family Research Council, the Alliance, as I call them, the Alliance Defending Fascism, focus on the family, all those types, the Franklin Grahams of the world who, as we speak right now, are, are trying to use this, trying to use the current crisis to sell an anti-gay agenda. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, but still, it, uh, but Don, it still upsets me. And even after, even after five attorneys, former attorneys general of Idaho says, you don't want to, you don't want to go into this constitutional briar patch. When four of your largest firms based in Idaho, Chabani, Cliff Bar, Hewlett Packard, Micron, all they their representatives personally deliver you a hand a hand delivered letter saying you don't want to do this, and they do it. Well, let's set our coordinates for the ACLU in Idaho. Kathy Griesmeyer is the ACLU policy director. Beam her up. Saying coordinates for Boise, Idaho. Kathy, just tell us, was last night's decision a surprise? Yes, it was. We were not expecting uh, a veto action on the bills until until today, Tuesday. Um, And so we were, definitely wasn't on our radar in terms of um, a decision coming out on Monday. And we certainly were not expecting um, Governor Little to both House Bill 500 and 509, both of the ASA trans bills, into law this afternoon. So definitely a, a surprising Monday. 
when you found out that the governor went ahead and signed it. What was your first reaction to that? Um, probably, oh shit, if I'm being totally honest. Um, but then certainly disappointed. You know, we have been working on these bills since beginning of February, trying to, you know, educate lawmakers, um, connect the transgender community to the issues, um, you know, having hundreds of folks come to the state house, share their stories, you know, trans community members, their parents, their allies, you know, doctors, medical professionals. We had, you know, major businesses in Idaho who came out opposed, major businesses across the country who opposed, you know, an attorney general's opinion that said this bill was unconstitutional. Five former AGs, both Republican and Democratic, asking for vetoes. You know, everybody was saying this isn't the Idaho way. This is discriminatory. It's going to cost people, you know, taxpayer dollars. And yet, he just went ahead and signed them into law and um, made history, but really in the most unfortunate way. A lot of the criticism of these two laws is that they're unconstitutional and they face a very likely court challenge, especially in House Bill 509, which is about the birth uh, certificate gender markers. What's the ACLU going to do about um, fighting this now that it's law? Sure. So House Bill 509 um that bill directly contradicts a court order that was secured by Lambda Legal, which is a, another national LGBTQ organization who brought that lawsuit on behalf of two um, transgender people born in Idaho so that they would be able to change the gender marker on the birth certificate. So the ECLU has worked very closely with, with Lambda Legal on, on that issue and really will look to their lead in terms of what they decide to do and, and potentially challenging the constitutionality of House Bill 509. Certainly, we know that they're looking for Idahoans who have not yet had the opportunity to change the gender marker on their birth certificate to connect with Lambda Legal so that they can be in touch with with, um, with their attorney so that they're able to navigate this process before the laws potentially change and or any sort of court challenge comes comes into place. And so if folks are interested in connecting with Lambda Legal, um, I'd be happy to share my contact information and, and get folks connected to the right spot. How critical was all the lobbying that came outside of Idaho to what we ended up seeing in the process and how much of a factor were groups such as the ADF and Focus on the Family and the Family Resource Council towards the end of people like Barbara Earhart to get this thing not only through committee but through the House, through the Senate, and now law of the state for the time being? You know, I think Idaho was this big testing ground, right? No state had passed legislation like this before. And so there were a lot of eyes on Idaho, and rightly so, to see what would happen. You know, the governor was asked early on during the legislative session, you know, what what are your thoughts on these bills when they had just been introduced? And he said, quote, I'm not a big discrimination guy. And, you know, he's untested on LGBTQ-related issues. He's a fairly new governor. This is only his second session. And so I think... For him to hear from so many LGBT organizations across the country and outside of Idaho really showed, you know, what was at stake here in terms of other states looking to Idaho to potentially pass, you know, similar discriminatory legislation. And so there was a lot of pressure, and I think rightfully so, right? You know, he needed to know that folks were watching and watching very closely and that there were going to be ramifications depending on this outcome. In terms of you know, the proponents of this bill, it's unfortunate, you know, none of them have um, organizations here in Idaho, they don't have a, a presence. And so this is just another example of the out of state influencers, you know, pushing legislation here that has no Idaho value or no Idaho kind of 
um, origin. And in fact, the, the bill sponsors have even said, you know, and as it relates to especially the House Bill 500, you know, there's no issue of any transgender athletes, you know, causing problems on a sports team. And so, again, this just shows that, you know, outside influence is pushing legislation in Idaho that's going to end up ultimately costing Idaho taxpayer monies to have to defend this 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 law in court. It's amazing to me because I remember when President Obama allowed transgender military people to serve openly, there was a lot of criticism that um, you were trying to experiment and there was going to be a social experiment. And this to me reeks of social experimentation by basically deciding that there's a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. When do these laws are expected to go into effect? Sure. So they, um, generally laws in Idaho or or new laws go into effect July 1st. So we have, we have several months before they, they go into full effect. We're both transgender women. This hurts us to our core. It, it, I, I, I won't deny I, I had the shakes and I cried when I saw the bulletin, but I had to, I had to get the story out. So I put that aside and I, Hug my kids goodnight, and they feel my pain. What's your message to Idaho transgender community and the LGBT allies in your state? What can you tell us to, in today that will help us get through this? Sure. Well, first and foremost, you know, I think I just have a, a big thank you to say to all of the transgender Idahoans, especially the young people who so bravely, and I think brave doesn't even begin to, like, manifest like the sentiment I want to express to the trans community, especially the young people, because they showed up in this in the face of great adversity, you know, entering the state house, uh, a building that clearly showed its transphobic nature this session, where, you know, this bill was just one of several bills that were aimed at attacking transgender people. In fact, there was a bill to criminalize doctors who provide you know, gender-affirming health care to, to minors, to young people. And so for the legislature to try and essentially legislate away the existence of trans people in Idaho, I mean, it's been a harmful, toxic, cruel, disheartening session. And so I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to the people who showed up, who knew what they were walking into, and yet wanted to show lawmakers, I do exist. Um, you know, I am a person, I'm a taxpayer, I'm your neighbor, I'm the person who helps, you know, teaches your kids or provides health care or, you know, whatever I do, I help make the economy in Idaho move. And, you know, I'm not going anywhere and you can't legislate me away. And and I think if there's any silver lining to how terrible this session was, was to see so many, you know, transgender Idahoans come out, share their stories, and then to know that there were so many folks rallying in support of the transgender community in Idaho to say, like, you know, we deserve better than this. You know, our kids deserve better than this. My neighbors, my loved ones, whomever they might be. Um, Idaho's on the wrong side today, but I know we're going to end up in a place where lawmakers who voted for this, Governor Little, who signed this bill, they're going to be held accountable. Um, and so I say, please hold on their faith. This is a, today is, is a dark day, but the fight continues. And um, now we turn our fight to the courts and, and that's where we'll go to make sure that this bill, you know, falls down and um, doesn't remain in, in the law books for long. The bill has now been signed. Ink isn't dry yet, but the bill is signed. Court action is coming. In between now and that day in court, what's the next strategy going forward between yourselves and the grassroots in Idaho and also 
a business community which came out. Companies like HP and Micron and Cliff Bar came out and said, you don't want to do this. What's the next step forward for all of you who believe in human rights in Idaho? You know, I think there's certainly a, an opportunity for folks. You know, I it's been a hard session, and so I want folks to, to take the time that they need to heal and, and to recover and to rest your soul because it's, it's been it's been a tough and challenging and ugly session i think if you're a transgender person who wants to play sports in idaho or already are playing sports and flew um you know under the radar during the session we want to hear from you um certainly like i mentioned you know the ecu has threatened that we would take governor little to court if this bill was signed and that threat remains and so if if you are somebody who would be impacted by this legislation we want to hear from you and want to hear from you soon um for folks who are interested in changing their gender marker um, and haven't had an opportunity to do that yet on your birth certificate, we want to hear from you too. We want to get you connected to Land Legal so that in the potential challenge of House Bill 509, if that's coming, folks are ready and people can protect themselves because we know identity documents are important. And then we want folks to stay engaged. You know, we're, we're going to need continued support as we move forward. And courts definitely look to the court of public opinion in a lot of cases around you know, where does the public stand on these issues and how are they accepted? And so, you know, we've created a, a good um, track history in terms of who's coming out and supporting the transgender community and who's been warning about the repercussions of, of this legislation. And so we're going to continue to call on those folks to continue putting that pressure and saying that this isn't either an Idaho values, that this isn't legislation that, you know, needs to be here and that we, we Idahoans don't want to see this. And I think that helps create, you know, an even power, more powerful building block for the courts to make the right decision. In addition to the legal arguments, obviously, that will be argued around the Title IX and equal protection and privacy and so on. So if, if you're impacted, we want to hear from you. I think that's the bottom line. And I'm, again, happy to share my contact information so that folks can get involved. And we'll share that with our listeners. It's a sad transgender day of visibility, but it is not the end. The fight is just beginning. And our uh, support and love from uh, Connecticut, including for the coming coronavirus. I know it's not hitting you guys as hard as it is hitting us in the Northeast. I hope you'll stay safe and be healthy. And we're very grateful for your time on this very momentous day. Thank you so much. And, and my heart's go out to, to the both of you. Um, I'm thinking of you both. Um, and and can stay committed to doing this fight, uh, both of your honor. And thank you for letting me be here. And I hope you all get some. Um, get some much needed rest. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm not going to be buying any Idaho potatoes anytime soon. Good, don't. <laughs> we deserve a boycott. I guess. I guess. I guess that trip to Sun Valley is out next next year. <laughs> guess guess yeah, that's well, out. It's Until also it the COVID-19 hotspot in the state, so don't come. Okay. Well, we're all going to try and stay safe. You be well. Thank you. Well, that was great having Kathy join us, and we are going to put all the information on the Facebook page for the Transporter Room. You'll be able to contact both the ACLU and send a message to Governor Little. So, Transgender Day of Visibility, I know that it's hard under quarantine, under lockdown, under stay-at-home uh, orders and social distancing, but there's social media. And at OutSports, we've been sharing lots of stories today that I hope you'll be looking at from uh, past years as well as today.
from our transgender athletes and fans. We have it on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. And I personally, I braved the uh, coronavirus and went shopping this morning wearing uh, an LGBT um, flag shirt. And I wanted people to see me and be visible and uh, stand apart at six feet distance. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, I, I did the thing that was impossible today, Carly. I scored, I scored toilet paper. <laughs> I got yeah, enough I rolls for my mother-in-law and for, and for my family. So I feel like I've accomplished the most important thing you can do on Transgender Day of Visibility is provide for our butts. We covered our butts. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you can't find toilet. If you find toilet paper, especially that really good, you know, that really good toilet toilet paper that lasts for months. If you can find that, you, I mean, that's more valuable than gold or oil right now. Um, what are you doing? What? Well, today, I mean, obviously, gonna gonna do some things for Outsports, obviously, and and I mean, I want to say give a shout out to to all the to all the transgender athletes out there who are who are getting it done, who are getting it done, who are competing, who are being themselves. And I want to send a special note of solidarity to our people in Idaho. It's a rough morning. And it is a very, it's a very rough morning, I know. But know that we have your back. And I want to send a message to, to the Republican National Committee, to the Idaho Republican Party, and to the GOP in the state where I live in now because because they are still continuing to try and raise campaign cash and make trans youth a target and a, and a whipping girl in this case. I want to send a note to all of you that that all of you, you realize what this means. You realize that now you have gone all into discrimination as a tool of policy. And we will oppose you every single inch. And trust me, we will remember in November. Remember in November. That has a meme quality to it there, dear. <laughs> like that. <laughs> that's, what it ha- that's what it has to be about at this point. Don, you and I, now we know you and I have our political differences. But I know there's one thing we agree on is that, is that, Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And, Absolutely. And Absolutely. as my and as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, if they can do it in Idaho, they're going to try and do it in in Arizona. They're going to try and do it in Tennessee, Georgia, all the states in the union that have bills like this. And they're even trying in places like they tried in New Hampshire and failed. Right now, there may be one person fueled up on ADF money who's thinking like Barbara Earhart out in Idaho. Here, here where we live in Connecticut, who may, may who may have this thing, who may have that idea. I'd like to tell that state senator or state representative, if you're thinking about it, think again. Good for think you. Again. That's right. That's right. And I also want to let our listeners know that tomorrow the transporter room will be back in orbit with another episode on our regular day. Carly, tell the folks what uh, we have in store. It's going to be a meeting of two great podcasts. Our cast will host. The Disabled Girls Who Lift podcast. Um, we did. I did a story on one of the on one of the hosts of the podcast, Mary Beth Balliot, uh, a couple of weeks ago for Outsports, and got a chance to listen to their podcast. And there's a lot of great things that are going on. They're talking about body positivity, um, adaptive sports, making sport, making society more 
accessible for disabled people, for people with chronic illnesses, getting making fitness more accessible and, and taking away that barrier. A lot of great things have been talked about. They've had a lot of great guests. And to have the opportunity to have a podcast like that be a part of our podcast is a big thing. And a, a week ago, I was on their podcast. So they're returning the favor. It's going to be a good show. And tune in. You're really going to, if you don't, all the, a lot of things you don't know, you're going to learn after this podcast, after this coming episode of The Transfer Room. And it's on all the OutSports platforms. We've got Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you'll find the OutSports podcast. You'll get it on our Facebook page and on Twitter. Just search for OutSports and the Transporter Room. Don, I do want to ask you one thing. Oh, okay. what is what, what is what does visibility mean to you? Especially since throughout your life and throughout your transition, you've been visible oftentimes when you really didn't want to. What does it if, mean to you? If I could have transitioned and just been me and not had all the media spotlight, my life would have worked out a lot better, um, both for my family and for myself. Um, Transitioning in a, a harsh spotlight of attention is never easy. And I, I'd even say it's almost impossible. There are very few of us who have gone through it without repercussions. For me, it's about not backing down. It's about being resilient. I have had lots of reasons not to go on. I have been challenged to take a step forward for myself when I thought I could not take any more steps except toward an ending. And instead I'm, I'm stepping towards beginnings. I am ever evolving, ever transitioning, ever living, and I am not going to be defeated. And I look forward to a day when coming out as trans is no big deal. It'll just be like anything else. Like, Oh, I decided to get a driver's license. Oh, I decided I would buy a new top. I decided I would come out as trans. It should just be a regular thing that people hopefully won't make a big deal about someday. But for right now, there are so many uh, people who hate us and want us back in the closet. And I can only say that the reason I continue to be visible is for those people who are afraid or can't. So I'm there for them. And I think all of us who are out uh, feel that burden. And it's one that we do willingly. Well, I can tell you this much. At the time you were going through some of the hell you went through because you were out, that helped yank me out of the closet. So, no, thank you. Oh, you don't have to thank me. I do it because I don't know how else to live. Um, I, I'll be very honest. I, all those people who say, oh, you're so brave. Oh, it takes so much courage. Well, yeah, but at the same time, it was this or not live. And this is a much better choice. Sounds like a no-brainer to me. And it certainly does. And I will tell you this, that um, I miss the six-figure income. I miss the being in the middle of the news wheel and, and all the fun I had at uh, network TV news. But I am so much happier. I love being a mom. I love being home with my kids. And right now, I can't imagine any other path for me than this one. I just wish that... Um, uh, we had uh, my late beloved wife to be with us as well. At the same time, I think she would hate this period of life right now because um, she was definitely a germaphobe. <laughs> and this would drive her crazy. But let's do this. How about we wish the listeners well and we tell them all that um, 
visibility continues every day when you're transgender, not just today. And we hope they'll tune in tomorrow for the next episode of The Transporter Room. I think you ended it up. I think you set it off pretty well right there, Dawn. <laughs> All right, steady as she goes. Steady as she goes. See you tomorrow, everybody.